All right. All right, how are you getting on? How's things? You enjoying your staycation? Are you on the staycation? Did you bring me along? Are you, are, did you bring me down? Are you, am I in the car with you? On the way down, you're a young couple. You're heading down to the fucking west of Ireland. I need to go. I need to get away from everything. And I'm in the car with you. Is that what's going on? One of you has a fucking secret. One of you has a secret. Bring it up later. Be like... That was so funny what he was saying about the secret. I know. That's mad. I wouldn't... Get, do you have Anton, though? You don't have him. You know, do you have Anton? I wouldn't mind. Like, I don't mind. I kind of feel like he's right, you know, what he says, you know, about communication being so important in a relationship, you know. I know he was only messing on the car right down, but you don't have any secrets from me, do you? You know? Do you know what's a good thing as well to do? Ask someone. Just It's good to just test your relationship sometimes, you know? That's what a good relationship needs, just a, a test out of nowhere, you know what I mean? So just if you're in a really, if something, if, if it's going really well now, just try something like, I know you don't mean it, but you know what I mean? It's good just to see how committed the other person is, right? So whip out a, like a, uh, look, if we were in, you know, an open relationship, you know, would you be all right with that? You know, obviously what you're saying on the inside is, no, of course not, you know, and you want them to say, of course, you know, no, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with that because that's how you feel, you know? And I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great just to test these things. Do you know what I mean? You know, that's the sort of shit. That's the sort of shit. That's the sort of shit I would have done. Not that. Not you know. I remember one time. No, nah, I can't. I actually, I actually can't tell that story. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't a relationship. But uh, no, no, I'm not fucking. Anyway. Um. So anyway, you going down the old staycation? Um. Can I recommend watching Hamilton on Disney Plus? If you get, if you get a good broadband, you know. My name is Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Imagine you had to whisper. Imagine you were just in school and you had to whisper a song. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Um, and there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. Look, you and me both, Alexander Hamilton. We're very similar. We're Celtic blood. He's Scott, born of the Scotsman. Uh, so we're Celtic blood. Um, we've nice hair, lovely ponytail, uh, and there's a million things I haven't done. Um, I I've never actually made a smash burger at home. You know, I don't have a good fan in the house. You know, it would be too much. So we're very, 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 very similar. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't, um, I haven't won uh, any podcasting awards. Uh, <laughs> you know. So there's loads, you and me, honestly, you know. And just like my podcast, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. Look, if you haven't seen Hamilton, you'll still get this. Speaking of which, uh, do you know what they're not fucking talking about, which I kind of can't get on side with. You watch Hamilton, right? And it's a story of Alexander Hamilton. What's interesting about Alexander Hamilton is he came from Naughton, right? He literally came from Naughton. He came from a fucking uh, ravaged by storm uh, Caribbean island. Um, his mother was a sex worker. Uh, is, is all of his family died? The people in the village realized he was smart, so they paid enough for him to go to college and sh- ship to New York. In New York, he was just so prolific with a pen, and so and had all these strong I- ideas that he became, you know, right hand man of George Washington, and eventually became the first treasury of uh, America. He's the only man on the on money in America um, that wasn't a president, right? But he also set up the Federal Reserve, right? Now, I haven't watched this documentary in about 15 years. Uh, there used to be a documentary called uh, Zeitgeist. <laughs> and this was even this was pre, this was pre-YouTube, right? Or this was pre-Google owning YouTube, right? Because you had to watch it on Google Video, right? It was on Google Video, right? Google Video used to be like the Wild West. It used to be like your daily motion, you know? Um... But, yeah, it was on this, right? And it was three parts. One part about how 9-11 was an inside job. Um, one part about how Jesus didn't exist. He is actually, the mythology of Jesus is derived from Horus, the Egyptian sun god. Uh, and apparently you can see recurring uh, stories of, a, you know, a, an immaculate conception. Son of God dies for sins, you know, and, you know. Uh, and then a massive chunk of it was about the Federal Reserve and about how America is about how you don't have to pay tax legally 
you know, if we can tell that to Wesley Snipes, you know what I mean? If they were able to lock up Blade, right, they're going to get you. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. You know, if they rocked up at Blade's house, and they couldn't get him, then you're having a hope. Um, But he set up the Federal Reserve. Now, this is not even fucking... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a... I'm a... Jenny, I am a smart man, but I am not a, a, a historian or a horologist, okay? A time man. But from my understanding of a documentary I watched 15 years ago uh, that you can't really find on the internet anymore, uh, the Federal Reserve profits off the interest rates on borrowing dollars. The U.S. economy borrows dollars. Oh, I shouldn't have started talking about this. Borrows dollars. So, like, every dollar that's printed has to be paid. You have to pay a dollar and, like, 0.03 cents to make. So, whenever they have to influx, you know, whatever. So, the Federal Reserve is stronger than the U.S. economy. The Federal Reserve is owed. Is owed a shitload of money. And I don't I still don't understand how it works. It's like when I watch The Big Short, you know. And I watch it and I'm like, I get it. Oh, my God. I can't believe they did that, you know. And then, like, uh, like afterwards, Terry, be like, what was it about? You know, I don't fucking know. T- tell me one thing that, uh, yeah. So they get, they get these, it's like betting against, you know. I have a smart wife. I have a smart wife. Um, So Alexander Hamilton, you know, is he a good guy? Was he a good guy? It's admirable, you know. Um, But. If you look at uh, the Founding Fathers and how they kind of wanted to get away from banking uh, in general and never really have uh, give banking that level of power again, you know. Although here's one for you, right? Here's one for you. Uh, apparently all... I need fucking Gordo here on this for conspiracy guys. He'd know all about this stuff. But there's a link between... <laughs> there's a link between assassination attempts of presidents and their... And their uh, and potential policy changes to the Federal Reserve. I couldn't tell you who. Apparently, Kennedy's one. Apparently, uh, one the president before Woodrow Woody uh, Woodrow Wilson was trying to get rid of the fucking Federal Reserve and did successfully. And then Woodrow Wilson brought it back in. Oh, look, I got to read a book. I got to read a book, but. Here's one for you, right? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, yeah. On the Titanic, right? Apparently on the Titanic, there was... um, The... uh, There was... (laughs) Hang on one sec, hang on. Right, hang on. I do actually have some notes here. Hang on, here's the story, right? So, Hamilton didn't create the Federal Reserve. He created a bank. He created the first uh, federal... The first national bank, um, the institution he created, laid the foundation for a second national bank and almost a century, century later, the establishment of the Federal Reserve System. So apparently something he actually wouldn't have, um, he wouldn't have supported anyway, sure, here. So here it is, the RMS Titanic. Some theorists believe that the Titanic was sunk on purpose to eliminate opposition to the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank. Some of the wealthiest men in the world were aboard the Titanic. They called Titanic the hottest fucking tart in the ocean. And she was. She really was. Um, Titanic for her maiden voyage, several of whom, including John Jacob Astor IV, John Jacob Jingle Fuckenheimerschmidt, uh, Benjamin Guggenheim, and Isidore Strauss. They were allegedly opposed to the creation of the U.S. Central Bank. All three men died during the sinking. Conspiracy theorists suggested that J.P. Morgan, the legendary 74-year-old financier who set up the investment banking firm, still bears his name, arranged to have the men board the ship and then sink her to eliminate them. Morgan, nicknamed the Napoleon of Wall Street, had helped create the General Electric U.S. Steel International Harvester and was credited with almost single-handedly saving the U.S. banking system during the Panic of 1905, 1907. Morgan did did have a hand in the creation of the Federal Reserve and owned the International Mercantile Marine, which owned the White Star Line and thus the Titanic. Morgan, who had attended the Titanic's launching in 1911, had a personal suite aboard the ship and his own promenade deck. 
and a bath equipped with a specially designed cigar holder. He was reportedly booked on the ship's maiden voyage, but instead cancelled the trip and remained in the French resort Le Bains to enjoy his morning massage and sulfur baths. His last-minute cancellation has fueled speculation among conspiracy theorists that he knew of her fate. As well as that, do you know the whole uh, the book it's about? Hang on one sec. So yeah, here's one, right? Um, so this was written, sorry, this was written two years, two years before the Titanic, right? Um, this was called The Wreck of the Titan, a novella by Morgan Robertson, right? The story follows the fictional ocean liner Titan as it ultimately hits an iceberg in the North Atlantic and sinks. As well as that, like the Titanic, the Titan was described as the largest ship afloat at the time in the book. Uh, in fact, the sizes and lengths uh, of both ships are quite close, as well as the speed at which it crashed into the iceberg. Both liners have a dangerous shortage of lifeboats, and in the story, the Titan was dubbed unsinkable and proceeded to sink on a cold April night. The Titan's sinking resulted in the deaths of 2,500 on board. Over 1,500 died on the Titanic. Uh, after the sinking of the Titanic, the book was reissued, and Robertson was labeled, labeled a clairvoyant. He simply said, I know what I'm writing about. That's all. So there you are, J.P. Morgan Robertson. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big, you know, like considering the fact that, you know, considering the fact that you have World War One start with a fella, you know, start with a car stalling, a fellow getting a sandwich and being in the right place at the right time and shooting a guy, you know, if that can happen a couple of years after, then really, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Going, you're, you're kind of going, J.P. Morgan, build me a ship. The lads don't want to be on it. Fuck. <laughs> build me a ship and get, and get these lads tickets. All right. They're busy. Shit. That's fucking loads of cash down the Swanee. Down the Swanee. Um, well, look, if you like that, you might like this pod. We're doing something a little bit different here. We're going down into the deep world of cryptozoology as I read Wikipedia about some of my favorite cryptids, creatures, things that take bump in the jacks on this Tony Cantwell Shit Show. This Tony Cantwell Shit Show. Um, right, just to get this, and this isn't even clear, right? Because not only do I not know the actual truth, I barely even know the conspiracy theory. This, this is this is dangerous <laughs> levels of I'm like a fucking magpie with a bunch of fucking a magpie to his little baby <laughs> regurgitating this shite talk, right? But from what I understand, from the little bit I googled there in a theme song, right? Alexander Hamilton didn't set up the Federal Reserve. He set up the first national bank to try and pay back the Revolutionary War debt that they had accumulated from trying to fight the Revolutionary War, right? And also to have something in case they ever needed to borrow to go to war again. Thomas Jefferson and a lot of people were against this. Even George Washington was skeptical about this. But Hamilton, and he just, why do you write like you're running out of time? He wrote so much that they were like, whatever, set up the fucking bank. Jesus Christ, he's like me trying to convince my man to get Chinese when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, look, I'm just going to explain exactly why I'm, really like, well, I'm not hungry for anything else, you know. Um, that's why my dad, that's honestly why my dad said I should have been a lawyer. He was like, you don't fucking stop with the thing. Um, so I'm like Alexander Hamilton as well, like that as well. Um, but, so yeah, they eventually said, right, set up the bank. It didn't last very long, and it lasted 20 years. You know, it was different presidents. They were like, get the fuck out of this thing. We don't want this. We told you we didn't want the bank. Stop trying to give us a bank, right? Then in the 20th century, they used the foundations of Hamilton's idea to try and set up the actual Federal Reserve. And the theory goes that the Federal Reserve now, the conspiracy theory goes, that the Federal Reserve now is controlled by a cabal of European bankers, namely the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, who profit directly from the interest gained in paying back to the central bank, the Federal Reserve. And not only that, the theory goes that these elite banking families are also causing wars and starting false flag operations and that they're, you, you name a war, including 
the world wars, including the Napoleonic Wars, all of the wars, all uh, everything bar natural disasters is apparently caused directly by these interdimensional blood. I'm not going down that again. You know, look, I'll, I'll maybe talk about more on a conspiracy theory. I just didn't want to get me... Look, I pride myself as uh, as someone who browses this stuff every so often. Um, but maybe we'll do a conspiracy. Maybe we'll do a QAnon um, podcast uh, of all those absolutely batshit um, uh, adrenochrome conspiracy theories, you know. But anyway, just if anyone's talking about Hamilton and how much they enjoyed Hamilton, just say, yeah, he's a fucking Rothschild shill. Yeah, he's just a, yeah, he's a, Hamilton, what do, you, what do you mean fucking chameleon? <laughs> Uh, a lizard, al Alex, Aliz, a lizard Hamilton. Do you mean a lizard Hamilton? <laughs> Do you? Uh, say that next time uh, someone brings up Hamilton at the dinner table. Now look, uh, I am recording this podcast in the past. Okay, uh, I am going on holidays. I'm going on. Hol- I'm on my staycation right now. I'm right now in a caravan of Wicklow. Right, I'm in a tiny caravan of Wicklow, trying to get away from it all. You know what I mean? Um. And what I'm, you know, and what I'm hoping as well I'll be able to do is just do a bit of a kind of digi detox. Do you know what I mean? Do a bit of a digi detox. Uh, you know, let, uh, I was saying this on a show, I was saying this on a previous pod, right? I was talking about fucking spiders in my ears for ages, right? Um, you know, I feel like my mind right now is a load of bees, right? And my job is like tasked with counting the bees. So I need to get in there with the old, with the old fog and go, get them all to sit down, possibly kill them. I don't know. I don't know how you look after bees. It's I feel difficult, you know, people like save the honeybee, being like, you know what, fucking then get rid of the sting, right? What do you want me to sign? You save the honeybee, right? Well, look, I'll save the honeybee if you get rid of the sting, right? I'll save the honeybee if you, if you get rid of the sting. I have no issue with the honeybee other than the sting. So if you have any way of kind of neutering them, um, then I'm all for... They don't even need the sting for the pollen. I'm not asking you to get rid of their jackets that carry all the shit. I'm asking you to get rid of the sting, right? I've I've only been stung by a wasp once, but bees are now on the firing line for me because of that, right? Put my hand on a pool table one time. There was a wasp on it that was dying, and it, you know, you know, it didn't kill me, <laughs> and it killed me, and I died. I don't, why didn't I, <laughs> sir? I was sir. I was someone stung by a wasp and I died. <laughs> I don't believe you, Tony. Well, I agree. Agree to disagree on on that one, uh, sir. <laughs> Uh, I remember one time when I was like seven, I um, I, I was in uh, Junior Infants, um, which I think they've changed the name of. I think it used to be called Baby Infants and Junior Infants. It's the first year you go to school. They're always changing the name. You know, if you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to show your age, I think that's why they change the names, just so you can out your age, you know, so that the conversation you're having with someone you know, isn't necessarily like if someone's like, how, how are you getting on in your, how are you getting on in your intercert? Are you studying there for the old intercert? Like, nonce, get away, get away from me. You're too, we're too far along age wise for us to be having this conversation. Um, but I was in um, junior infants, which is the first year you're in school. It's not play school, right? And our teacher was saying, uh, okay, does anyone have, um, I was a messer, I was a messer then, right? Does anyone have uh, anything uh, they did over the weekend that they'd like to tell us? And this girl put her hand up and she's like, yeah, I was at a wedding. I was at my auntie's wedding and my brother was there and my sister was there and I was dancing with my cousins and I was allowed to stay up till nine o'clock and they played some fun music and it was so much fun. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I got yeah, my hand straight up. I got I got stories. Well, I got a fucking story for you though. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. you could see her just her face drop. Right, I was like, yeah, I was at a wedding. I was at a wedding as well. Um, it was a wedding there over the weekend. Uh, well, not great. It wasn't great though. Bad news for this wedding because unfortunately a lot of rats showed up. It was like a a hundred rats were there, and um, there was this butler going around trying to catch all the rats. And unfortunately, um, there was some through some confusion. Uh, they laid out a lot of rat mouse traps for rats, um, and unfortunately, there was some issue, some snafu where the rats got wise to this 
and they've put all the rat traps in the sandwiches. <laughs> so bloody unbelievable, we're all getting up there thinking, <laughs> thinking we're going to have a lovely sandwich, and uh, a snap with a bloody rat trap. So, <laughs> so it's kind of similar. <laughs> so just no, only because you said you, only because you said you were at a wedding as well. There's the only reason you know. And my teacher just looked at me. She's like, Tony, I, I, okay. I mean, I, I, I don't believe you. And I remember going fucking bright red. And I was furious. I was like, you fucking bitch. You fucking repeating in my head. You fucking bitch. Embarrassing me like that, you fuck. And I was so angry. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say bitch. I shouldn't, like, you know, but... <laughs> I was fucking furious. I was furious. How dare you take that away from me? Do you know what I mean? But you know when you're, like, telling a lie, and, like, it's an obvious lie, and you just... They can, people aren't tethered to you. Do you know what I mean? People are not... The, the attention is not tethered to you anymore. People just know it's a lie, you know? And they're just staring at their feet, and they're, like... When you're getting furious, being like, what, this was real, though? <laughs> you know, what, this was real? You'd all be... <laughs> you should all be paying attention to me, you know? See, I think people... People lose... I've said this before on the pod, I think. I don't know if I fucking have, but um, I feel like if you've ever had like a manager, like a, if it's ever been like someone in middle management who unfortunately has to like give the bad news about, I don't know, you're stopping drinks on a Friday or something like that, that you can no longer pay for it, you know, Uh, but they, you know, so then like a director has told them to tell the company, you know, and you know that they have to kind of like toe the line or whatever, you know, it could be an assistant manager. Who was like, oh, well, we can't get our bonuses anymore. Do you know what I mean? And, like, they have to explain why to everyone. But, you know, they don't believe it or they don't like it. But they're having to, like, just pass on this message again. And you're almost like, I can't physically hear what you're saying, bro. Because you so lack the conviction in what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? I physically can't even hear you, fam. You so don't have the conviction in your voice. Um... But yeah, how did I get onto that? Save the bees, get rid of the bees. Well, yeah, get rid of the bee stings. Um, I was once stung by a wasp and I died. <laughs> imagine, imagine you were doing that, um, <laughs> you know, that, like getting to know you game. I just touched a... One of these things is fake. I touched a wasp and I died. Um, no. <laughs> the other one, yeah. I'm actually a redhead. <laughs> Imagine, right, imagine you went, you did that game. You have to say, like, a load of things that may be true and one thing's false, right? Actually, John, you know let's blow this up even further, right? This couple that were heading down to the west of Ireland on their staycation, right? You, the couple, who were listening to this, right? Maybe you haven't met each other's parents yet. So one of you is like, right, you know what? Why don't you meet? This is getting really cool. I feel like I can really bond with you. This quarantine has showed me how, you know important it is to actually have someone you really enjoy hanging out with somewhere some someone that just feels so effortless with you know just feels so effortless when we hang out like this so i really want you to be with my family so you go to meet their family you rock up at this gaff and it's fucking massive you had no idea you had no idea you didn't even bring wine you didn't even dress up you're feeling really insecure you rock up at this gaff right the parents couldn't be lovelier right they're so nice to you. They're so sweet. They're real generous. Do you know what I mean? They bring you into this massive fucking drawing room. It's massive, you know? Big open room. You're all socially distanced. It's fine. And they're topping up wine, and you're just looking at this gaff, and you're getting so nervous. So you start fucking caning the wine. <laughs> you just get, <laughs> and you're just kind of like, okay. And then the dad goes, right, okay. So what we're going to do, uh, I think we should do just to get to know each other. Why don't we play a game where everyone has to say, <laughs> everyone has to say one thing. Uh, say three facts about themselves and one thing uh, that's fake, right? And, and you're fucking langered, right? You barely hearing what the dad's saying, right? And it turns to you like, "What? Well, well, okay, okay. I was once uh, bit, uh, bitten by a wasp and I died." So, as uh, one, and they're like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Like obviously, like they think you're giving away the joke like straight away. I was bitten by a wasp and I died. Um. I have on very good authority that Alexander Hamilton caused the Titanic. And they're like, oh, no. And the last one, I was at this uh, wedding, and a lot of rats came out. And the rats were smart. They knew about mousetraps. I didn't tell you about the mousetraps. They knew about the mousetraps, and they put them in 
the cheese sandwiches that were there, right? They were swapping the cheese out where you're getting fucking, you're getting, you're getting creative with it. They start putting the cheese, replacing the cheese sandwiches, and your partner's just like mouthing to you like, please stop. <laughs> like you're just in the breakfast breakfast club, Molly Ringwald saying to Judd Nelson because he keeps like going on. She's like, stop. <laughs> and they put the cheese and they put the mouse traps in the sandwiches. And you're already realizing that you fucked this up because they're looking at you and you start to cry. <laughs> you start to cry. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we can stop. Like, no, guess. Just let's play the game. Let's just play the game. <laughs> I'm not a liar. <laughs> I'm not a liar. And you're like inconsolable. Right. <laughs> it's like 6 p.m. I'm not a liar. Right, the bees. You died. Whatever. You got bit by a wasp and you died. Okay. Are you all right? Sleep in the guest bedroom, okay? Just wake up there. I think that went really well last night. I think that went really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very happy with that. Um, it's always the same. Bees in my head, right? So bees in my head, right? Um, I'm taking a week's vacation. Because I have bees in my head. Look, I don't know anything about beekeeping, right? I don't like honey, unless you're talking about the Jessica Alba flick, in which case, five thumbs up. <laughs> but also, you might, you might, have, you might have already figured it out. You might have figured out that this, the tone of this one. I'm doing this one from home, okay? I, I, I'm like the bloody Aston Villa, me house being bloody relegated to a room, so I'm being a bit more quiet, right? I am not in my fabulous, the fabulous podcast studios on Pierce Street. If you are a small, medium, or large-sized van, I hard, I hardly recommend going in there and doing a podcast because you're a van. But if you're a human or a business, I cannot stress enough. Why am I going for the negative all the time? I do stress. It's great. And I highly recommend going in there, getting your podcast done um, uh, to the highest, to the highest, whatever, fucking... <laughs> It's also quite late, right? It's also quite late, you know? I had to do all the... Po- See, again, I'm, re- I'm recording this in the past for the future to be released so I can be on holidays. And uh, Let me finish my bee analogy, please. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Did you ever see that one, Pat, uh, Pat Kenny? Introduced Jerry Seinfeld out on the, on the toy show. Is he not? Well, as it happens, he's here. Will you welcome Jerry Seinfeld? And a big bee goes out and brings Jerry Seinfeld uh, out onto the stage. It's it's an excruciating interview. And I remember just being angry at Pat. You know, I was always angry at Pat. You know, just don't talk to anyone. It was like, it was honestly just like having your cool mates over, you know, and your mom, you know. Hi, are you getting on? You know, don't, just don't talk to anyone. Don't bash me. I remember, especially when the jackass lads were on the late late. You know, and then it turns out that fucking Pat was the inappropriate one calling, you know, the Japanese people. He was like, this is what he said. I think I've said it on the podcast even probably two weeks ago, I think. Or maybe just came from conversation. I See, this is why I need my holiday, right? I don't know what fucking real life is anymore. I got bees in my head, right? I'll get onto that in a second, right? <laughs> but remember those, the jackass lads were on. And he ended up saying, so you're over in Japan, you know, to where... Were they not, were they, did they not think you were a bit mad, you know, the Japs? And they were like, whoa! And think about everything they had to, like, sign or whatever hoops they had to jump through to to be on and probably say, look, we're not going to do anything appropriate. Look, we're crazy. You know, they were clearly shit-faced, you know? And it turns out it was Pat is the one, you know? He's just like, look, I'm having some friends over. Just don't fucking talk to anyone, you know? Like, I remember... We were going around from hotel to hotel to try and see where the jackass lads were staying. Me and mate Dara, because we were going to what a fucking party with them. I don't fucking know. You know, we we're in we we're in secondary, and we're like we actually went around to different hotels trying to find the jackass lads. And um, and I remember thinking like if I if I do end up, it turns out they were actually in the Clarence, and we just missed them. But obviously they weren't going to fucking you know. We just some some <laughs> we just get some concierge. Being like, absolutely, sir. We'll bring you right up now. These boys would like to say hello. And you open the door. It's like fucking Mad Magazine. They're all like, do-do-do-do. do 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 And they have like half pipes in their fucking room or whatever. 
Um, and I remember thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say when I meet the Jackass lads, I'm gonna say, look, I understand you had a bit of a run-in with Pat there last night. Listen, the guy does not rep- represent me. He does not represent my country. You know, <laughs> he does not represent us. Okay. Um, I do miss him though. I do miss him on the TV. You know. Um, speaking of bloody bees in my head, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is a billionaire. Do you know that? Jerry Seinfeld is a billionaire. Billion. Billion. I learned a new, uh, a cool technique uh, to figure out, to just to visualize the difference between thousands and millions and billions, right? So if you look at seconds, okay? A thousand seconds is 17 minutes, okay? A thousand seconds is 17 minutes. So they all go in increments of a thousand, right? Or not increments, multiples of a thousand, right? So it's a thousand, a thousand thousands is a million, and a thousand million is a billion, right? So if a thousand seconds is 17 minutes, what do you think a million seconds is? Well, eh, you're wrong. It is uh, 12 days, okay? So it's a big jump. A thousand to a million is a massive jump. You multiply that by a thousand, it's massive, right? If someone says, I'll have that free in 17 minutes, or I'll have it free in 12 days, there's a huge difference, right? But an even bigger difference, or at least that's what it feels like when you go from a, mi- uh, a million to a billion. Because a million seconds, 12 days. A billion seconds, 31 years. 31 years. So when Jeff Bezos, in the next 10 years, becomes a trillionaire, okay, that is not um, that is not 12 days, right? A millionaire is 12 days. A trillionaire is 3,190 years. Think about that. Do we, as a man, he's a man. Does he not bleed? Does he not bleed? When you squeegee his head, does it not go? <laughs> you know? That's a different thing when you, I think, I think, I think when I become, I think when I get really, really old, the skinhead thing, you could be like, you could either just be a tough 40 year old. You know what I mean? Or 80. If you go proper skinhead, like proper, not a single bit of hair on the top of your head, you can kind of get away with being a rough looking 40 year old in your 80s. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to doing my beekeeping. Because <laughs> uh, basically that, that's how I'm kind of visualizing my, my, my mindfulness uh, practice is that in the, in the beehive, right? There's a fucking hundred bees. They're all buzzing around, right? But in there is some delicious uh, honey, right? And again, I don't like honey, except apart from Jessica Alvaflick. In there's some delicious honey, and all I got to do is just calm down the bees so I can actually see what's in there and then take it out. So in this case, you know, you, oh, I'm finally fucking on talking about. <laughs> you know, beekeeping, they go in there, they have the fog... All the bees sit down, then they take out those little slats of honey. That's how I'm visualizing my brain right now. So what I need to do is go in there with a the honey. In this case, go in there with a big load of fog, right? Get all the bees to sit down and then take out the delicious honey. In this case, you know, the muse. <laughs> in this case, inspiration. In this case, long-term goals. In this case, you know, um, things that are not urgent, but are the probably the most important things that I figure out. At the moment, the podcasts are the most urgent thing for me to do, but by doing that, doesn't let me focus on what I want to do with the rest of the year, you know? Because my plans have changed. I can't even, I was even thinking all all, all, all quarantine. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go back to that goal setting episode that I released at the start of the year and revisit it at six months in. But I can't, I can't even think, <laughs> I can't even think about what the goals were to revisit that and have a look at that, run at 10K having an hour comedy special. That's just not, that's just not, you know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I can pick the tour back up at least by the end of the year. Um, But anyway, we'll see what happens. I, for the second part of this pod, I'm going to tell you a little bit about some sexy cryptids. Um, This is not a full cryptid episode, but, you know, Daddy needs his structure. And I already had the notes there from an old podcast I did. I don't know if you know this about me, but me and my good pal Mark Jago, we used to host a podcast. It's still kind of just on hiatus. 
uh, called Sexy Beasts. Sexy Beasts is a cryptid slash monster review show where we would take monsters, creatures, cryptids, ghouls, ghosts, things that may may exist now but just haven't been found, may have existed millions of years ago but have been fossilized to time, or things that, you know, may never have existed but have lived on in the mythology of various cultures. And, you know, we always prided ourselves in being uh, monster uh, reviewers uh, rather than experts, when you're an expert, you need you know you need to be an authority on something, have an education on something, you know, take an unbiased perspective on something. Um, when any old fucking dumb dumb derp can be uh, a reviewer, you know, I mean, hey, just look at the fucking movie. Look at any fucking movie reviews. Who the fuck, you know? Who the fuck? You can probably. You can, <laughs> all right, calm down. Right, I mean, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like overly verbose just fucking you know like if you don't like if you didn't like the first avengers infinity war you're not gonna like the second avengers infinity war do you know what i mean just get your fucking back down off everton do you know what i mean i also don't necessarily think look if you want to i don't necessarily think disney should be fucking taking over everything i do not think that you know i was even thinking back right this is just a side a sidebar i'm gonna get back onto the I'm going to get back onto the, the cryptids now in a second. But I was thinking about the games. I did a podcast on the Patreon uh, about the year 1998 and my favorite games that were all in that, right? And, um, and like, the games that I was saying, just very briefly, I'm going to talk about games for two minutes here. Some of the games that came out in the 12-month period from the arse end in 1997 to... to um, to the arse end in 1998. Um, Final Fantasy VII. Resident Evil 2. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. We played a shitload of Tekken 3 in there. But as well as that you had a WCW NWO Revenge. And you had um, The Legend of Zelda. Ocarina of Time. All five of these games came uh, from Japanese developed companies. Right? You need Square. Capcom. Uh, Konami, Nintendo, and THQ. And they were all completely doing their own thing. And they they realized something then, which was, we have a, there is, we got fucking either 32 or 64 bits, and we got a controller that goes up, down, left, right, BA start, right? That's what we have. This is what these, this is what, this is what these people, what do you mean these people, have to, to, to experience. And every single time, it was like, how can we change the experience? How can we mess with the experience? You know, they're all completely, they're all completely different games, right? They're all completely different games, taking a completely different approach to entertainment in your home. Completely different, right? And then I saw uh, a kind of, I you know, I saw a highlight reel of pretty much all the PlayStation Four exclusives that came out in this generation of consoles. And I was watching this because they were all linking all together. You know, you had The Last of Us, The Last of Us 2. You had, um, you know, the Nathan Drake Uncharted series. You had God of War. You had Spider-Man. And I was looking at that thinking, oh, they're fucking, that's fucking class. That looks unreal. What, what... What a triumph over Xbox in these series of uh, exclusive games, right? It's not even close. It is, it is, it it rivals Nintendo's must-have games, which you know is a very difficult thing to do. But they're all the same in that they're open-world, third-person action adventures, just with different. This this wasn't even my revelation. It was a comment underneath being like all the same. And I laughed when I read that being like, how can can you be so reductive to just say all, you know, they're all, all, they are all masterpieces, but they're all 10 out of 10 games. But, you know, it's kind of true in terms of like, at one point you, you, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't keep a copyright patent on any game because what they said in the court was, 
their 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 vision of games was that these are experiences. You are having an experience. So if you play Pac-Man, you go up and left, and then the next time you play Pac-Man and you go up and right, it's a completely different experience. So it doesn't make a difference who owns the patent because if he's if the if Pac-Man is yellow yellow or orange in this knockoff game, it doesn't make a difference because it's a completely different experience. You cannot patent. You cannot have a copyright on an experience. Which is completely wrong, obviously. It's an art form, and this is, you know, an IP, and, you know, the, the developers, you know, should have their rights, and it should be protected. But to think that this came from literally sitting in your room playing Pong and then playing Pac-Man, and it came just with that this is an experience, and what can we do with what you have in your hand versus what you see on the screen, you know? And there maybe isn't enough to make it that different, you know? Look, I'm not a fucking video game designer. I imagine I told you I did come up with one video game once ever, which was GTA, but you're a vampire, right? Um, so that's my peak, you know? And there are games that do it, and there's indie games that do it, but the big, massive AAA games... Um, but having said that, those are my fucking favorite type of games to play, so I'm not even fucking around with that. GTA as well, right? I love a third person. Third person action. Give me third person. Don't give me first person. Third person is when you can see the person running around. First person is when you can only see like the hands. You know, you're, it's from the eyes of the person. Anyway. So one of my favorite cryptids that we covered in uh, the two years that we were regularly doing Sexy Beasts um, was a cryptid from uh, the Philippines. The Philippines has some of the best cryptids, weirdo monsters you'll ever find. Just because it is such a mishmash of cultures and there's, what is there, 4,000, 7,000 islands, right? All with dozens of different, maybe even hundreds of different languages, different cultures, different folklores, and everything comes along with that, right? So they have this kind of, uh, this beast, okay? Um, and this is the kind of catch-all term for, you know, a lot of things, right? A thing called an aswang, right? And not just because it's funny, right? Not just because that's funny, okay? Also goes by the name of Tick Tick or a Whack Whack. And I'm not saying that in a jokey way. <laughs> I don't want to go jokey way. And I'm not making that up, right? And the interesting thing about it is the Tick Tick, right? Well, they're all the same thing. It's an asswang, right? Basically, an asswang is um, it's kind of a hybrid of a... It's got it all. It's got it all, right? It's a vampire, ghoul, witch, werebeast, okay? And even now, actually, since 2001, 45 people have been attacked because they've been accused of being an asswang, right? Like, you know, people just throw it around like that. And it's like that episode of Peep Show and they keep trying to get each other sectioned, right? You're an asswang. Um, so an asswang is kind of a blanket term for any one of these kind of ghouls. A sha- it's a, you're a shapeshifter. You're a vampire. You're a werebeast. You can, you know, you're a witch, right? Um but they're also, they can all kind of fall, they can all do their own same tricks as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, they all suck blood. They all can shapeshift. They can all, you know, um, cast some sort of, have some sort of ambiguous magic attached to them. But there's also different, they also do kind of fall under different, you know, there's different types of asswang. And my favorite, oh, also the thing about the asswang, right, as well, they also go by the name Tick Tick or Whack Whack, right? And this is a scary detail about the tick-tick, is that the further away something sounds, so if you hear, and it makes it sound like tick-tick-tick-tick-tick, the further away you hear that, the closer they are, right? So if you hear it going, you know, like, tick-tick, you know, tick-tick. It's really close. If you hear tick, 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 that's going further away. That means that it was actually really close to you. I love that. That's a great scary detail, you know. Um, and it's also like that kind of like fucking, you know, habitual, like you're living as the monster. You know, like uh, what I mean by that is like Guillermo del Toro always talks about like how, how, what are the monsters doing when we don't see them? You know, whenever he has Doug Jones playing a monster, he's telling them, you know, you need to fucking live as this monster, you know, in Shape of Water or the fucking hand eyes guys, you know, that lad. And he has to be like, look, what, what, how are you, what is this monster doing when we don't see him? Like, that's how he has this, this, you know, 
incredible grass. So my favorite one of all these, right, of the Aswang is the Mananganal, right? The Mananganal is, uh, translates as one who removes or takes off. And what they're fucking taking off is their torso from their body. These browsers are flying around with fucking wings, their guts out, and their jabs out, these birds, right? Uh, let me tell you a bit about them, right? They're described as scary, often hideous, usually depicted as female. And I bet that fucking came after the Catholics rocked up. Uh, capable of severing its upper torso and sprouting huge bat-like wings and flying into the night in search of victims. Um, the Menanganal is said to favor preying uh, on sleeping pregnant women using an elongated proboscis tongue to suck the hearts of fetuses or the blood of someone who is sleeping. It also haunts newlyweds or couples in love. Hopefully, you guys who, um, the couple who uh, went down to the West, uh, went up to the parents, uh, told some ridiculous lies, wept and slayed in the guest room, you might even be getting visited by the actual fear, the Mananganal tonight, so sorry about that. Um, due to being left at the altar, grooms um, were said to be its main target. The severed lower um, torso is left standing and more vulnerable than the two halves. Sprinkling a bit of salt or crushed garlic on it uh, is fatal to the creature. A little bit of... So just do it up like a lovely steak and you'd be grand. Um, they also carry a, a, a the tail of a stingray as a whip. Um, so here's, here's a few facts uh, about asswangs. And actually a good way of actually making sure that you don't marry one. Um, if an asswang actually ends up marrying a human, then the partner will transform into an asswang uh, as well on their wedding day. I think that's what happened to me. Uh, a human can choose to turn into an asswang by tying a fertilized chicken's egg to their stomach. So if you want to do that, just get an egg and you'll have all the powers of the asswang. If an asswang dies, they can transfer their uh, abilities to another person by holding their mouth close to them and letting the chick inside them hop from their stomach to the other stomach. <laughs> For fuck's sake. There needs to be some cutoff here. And look, I know you went around asking all the villagers. Do you know what I mean? But you have to be like, okay, I think we've enough. But what I find interesting about all these asswangs and the Menanganals is that their origin links directly with, I'm going to say, the Catholic invasion of Spain, by, by Spain. Um, and, you know, similarly what I was saying about Guillermo del Toro, um, they viewed all these creatures just as like, that's like a fucking dog. Do you know what I mean? Like these, you know, we're afraid of them. Yes, but we don't think there's any kind of malice or evil. And it's only when the, um, the, the Catholic Church got their fucking, put their fucking elbow in. In fact, here, I have it here. Um, uh, Bishop Juan de Placencia. He spent most of his missionary life uh, in the Philippines. And he um, wrote the first ever book to be published in the Philippines, Doctrina Christiania, the Christian Doctrine. Um, and he apparently went around and also, uh, sorry, he also published a paper called uh, Customs of the Tagalogs, this group of indigenous um, people uh, in the Philippines. In fact, they're the main indigenous people of the Philippines. I think there's 30 million um of them um is indigenous is indigenous even the right whatever I'm fucking moving on I'm fucking way past that right um but yeah but get this um so they obviously believed in all these creatures and then he comes along lists them all as devils right um and i'm reading here there's a thing called the asswangproject.com and this is trying to get to the origin the earliest origin of uh, asswangs right and it says here, due, the, due to Placentia's Catholic mindset and the Spanish mission to cleanse the land of heathens, early Filipinos were trained, forced, and convinced to associate some of the beings with the devil. The Spanish were successful in eliminating the belief in deities and depowering their spiritual leaders. I wonder where we've heard that before. Um, but they were no match for superstitions regarding folkloric beings. Um, this Miguel Lopez de Lapazgi, uh, stated his mission soon after he arrived on the islands, right? This is another one of the missionaries. They easily believe what is told and presented forcibly to them. They hold some superstitions, such as the casting of lots before doing anything and other wretched practices, all of which will be easily eradicated if we have some priests who know their language and will preach to them. 
So what happens when you when you have a load of deities, when you have a lot of folkloric beings? For all we know, before the fucking Catholics arrived, we were treating them the same way we do here, when our, our sprites, our fairies, our former gods turned mischievous, you know, uh, f- uh, f- seed, mystery fairy folk of the she, you know. Um, but what I find interesting about this whole thing, and a bit disappointing, is because is is they, they rock up and they're basically like, right, all these deities are the devil. And also these are, this is the doctrine. Um, you need to start wearing clothes now, right? You can't just be getting your kit off, you know, in the woods anymore, right? You can't be getting your rocks off for other people in the woods, right? If you're having a kid and you're not married, it's the devil. Oh, and then this woman, and then, so if you're a woman and you've just found out that you're going to have a kid and it's going to be the devil because you've had it outside of wedlock, what's going to happen? Uh, is a, miraculously, might the baby disappear over the night and might be have been a, a, an asswang coming along with a big proboscis tongue and that's what you tell people the next day? Or are women now asswang because they're tempting the men who didn't want to sin out, out of wedlock but literally like five years ago, there wasn't even a fucking ship at the bay, you know, you know, flying a Spanish flag. They, they, they lived in conjunction with the folklore for, for hundreds of years. And now they get told that it's evil, that one side is evil and one side is good. Um, and who kind of, I'm just saying a bit of a hot take, who invented the evil? Do you know what I mean? Who, by co-opting the, the, the folklore and not accepting the responsibility of introducing this into a highly superstitious country who's the one to blame now i haven't said that i haven't done that much research but you know that's my hot take on the spanish uh, inventing the devil um <laughs> another one right another one i like is uh, are you familiar with the dobber coup you fucking should be let me tell you about the fucking dobber coup right the dobber coup should be on all of our currency it should be uh, fuck Tato Park. There should be a Dobraku Park. We should be getting barges down to Shannon, seeing if we can spot the King Otter himself. Who doesn't love an otter, right? They eat clams on their bellies. Everyone loves otters. Everyone loves otters and beavers, right? In fact, you know, you know, I pro- I'd probably I'd probably be an otter in the gay in the gay community, <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm getting into bear status. You know, I, I, I did, I did, you know, not muscly or anything. But, you know, otter would be kind of a slimmer bear in that a kind of, you know, kind of a bigger hairy man, you know. I'm, I want to get back into otter status. I've gone into bear status. I wouldn't mind getting out of that. But anyway, uh, let me tell you about the Dobber coup. So the Dobber coup is like... So aside from it, aside from the fact that it should be the spokesperson of Ireland, uh, this this should be the motherfucker interviewing the jackass lads, right? This thing is a seven foot slash eight foot. People liken it more to a crocodile, right? But what it is is basically a big, massive otter with a taste for human flesh, and they 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 hunt in pairs, usually a male, uh, a male and a female. And I'll give you some of the facts here. I got this here from Irish Central, right? They did a bit of a deep dive recently uh, on the Dover coup. So shout out to Irish Central. Unless there's some sort of right wing. You never know. Do you know what I mean? You never know with some of the websites, you know. Um, so look, Sexy Beast fans will know I'm a huge fan of the Dover coup. It was the first podcast, first uh, cryptid we ever covered on the podcast. Um, you can check that out. It goes into a much, much deeper dive uh, than I'm going to do now. But we love this thing, right? First sighting of this thing goes back to 1684, right? There's sightings of this thing. Basically, a kind of um, a wolf dog kind of fish, right? In fact, even in the 1896 edition of the Journal of Royal Society of um, Antiquaries of Ireland, um, a Miss Watkinson describes spotting a half wolf dog, half fish. Uh, and a few months afterwards, uh, Mr. Chichester Hart um said that he heard rumours about a gruesome creature called a Dobberku, which is said to be the king of all lakes and the father of all otters, right? This is the fucking granddaddy of otters, right? Um, so the Dobberku um, has been spotted in many lakes all around Ireland. People believe that uh, the largest population live in Sreen's Lock in Ackle, County Mayo, uh, and a recent spot in 2000, 
uh, well, fucking 20 years ago, um, by Irish artist Sean Corcoran. Him and his wife spotted one, uh, and they said that the creature swam the width of uh, the lake from east to west in what seemed like a matter of seconds. So these motherfuckers, not only did they have a taste of human flesh, not only did they munch the head off you, they're really fast as well. Um, <clears throat> as well as that, um, the most famous sighting, right, is this one in Glenad County Leitrim uh, in 1722, right? Wait till you hear what happened, right? Grace McLaughlin, right? Uh, also known as Grania, lived in a small town uh, of uh, Creevely on the border of Leitrim and Sligo. Um, Grace came down to the lake um, uh, to wash some clothes. Uh, when she was doing this, a huge monster emerged from the water and savagely attacked and killed Grace. She was later found by her husband Terence. Terence saw her bloodied body on the side of the lake. Oh, how embarrassing. Uh, and to his horror saw the huge beast uh, that had killed his wife lying asleep across her dead body. Heartbroken with grief and furious, Terence knew at once that this was the Dabraku, the king of otters. Terence immediately found his dagger. He killed the monster. However, as is usual with this kind of creature, during its death throes it let out a high-pitched whistle, alerting its mate to what was happening. A second Dabraku, the queen of otters, emerged at once from the depths of the lake. Terrified, Terence took to his heels and jumping on his horse began to ride for his life as a second Dabraku pursued him. These motherfuckers are fast. Terence rode for many miles with the Dabraku close behind him. Uh, after being chased for miles, Terence was obliged to stop to have his horse's foot reshod. Uh, the blacksmith at uh, Cashel Goran, a wise man, knew ways of this creature. He gave Terence a sword and told him, "When the creature, when the fucking cunt charges at you, right, put his fucking head, <laughs> right, put his head through, put his head right through horse. As soon as he does, you'll be quick to cut the head off." Oh, Jesus. Terence, still on his horse, stood his ground near the forge. The huge beast came at full charge and put its head right through the horse, as predicted by the blacksmith. This time, however, Terence was ready. Determined to avenge his wife's murder, Terence put his sword through Dobberku's head, killing it instantly. This is like some metaphorical tremors. Um, there is fur further ghoulish detail to back up the story. The grave of Grace Connolly actually exists, or Grace, whatever her name is. Also goes by Connolly. What's more, carved on her tombstone is a detailed depiction of her killer, the Dobraku. Well, that seems in bad taste. That seems in bad taste. Um, although I do think that if I was to um, have a grave of the thing that killed me, what do you think would be on there? Come on, you know. A fucking Olympus Mons box of Chinese would be on there. I think the sodium is probably going to give me a heart attack someday. It is located in Con Conwall Cemetery uh, in the townland of Drummond's. Drummond's is near blah, 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 blah. Uh, the tomb is so old that most of the written details are illegible. However, Grace's name and that of the husband can still be seen. The carved image of the Dobraku is much clearer. And the creature is depicted lying down with its neck and its head and neck flung backwards. So again, right? Again. This motherfucker killed his wife, right? This guy killed his fucking wife. Um, you know? And everyone would think, what? So the head went through the horse. This is a motherfucker. At, this is a motherfucker lying about being stung by a wasp and dying. This is what's happening here. He has put his hand up in junior infants. And he's like, oh, yeah, my wife as well. Um, yeah, and then they fucking they don't keep chasing after me and put a fucking head through a horse and I cut its head off with a knife. Again, an example of a cryptid being used as a tool uh, to subjugate uh, women. They don't deserve it. But look, that's a bit of a taster of some cryptids that I'm into. I'll maybe do a, a ranking of top five Irish or top five Filipino or even just top five total uh, in a podcast coming up. Um, but for now, I'm here in the past. I am here. This is my third podcast I've done the last two days. I'm pretty proud of myself. See, when you have the support of a fine person like yourself listening to this podcast, it makes it super easy. So thank you very much for that. I'll be back uh, before you know it. I don't even know when this is going out. I'm fucking delirious. It is one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I'm going to enjoy my staycation. I'm going to come back invigorated, motivated, percolated to come back with the Tony Cantwell Shit Show Volume 2 for you. Thank you. I love you.